Hello and welcome to episode 117. My name is Josh and we are here midweek for another quick midweek roundup for the FA Cup and the last one of the season uh, because it was today that we decided to bow out of the cup um, against Leicester City at the King Power Stadium. Uh, the game was um, not the most thrilling game, especially in the first half uh, in terms of you know shots and, and attempts, uh, but it got it got better as the game went on. Um, I, I can't burp. I just naturally cannot burp as a person. Um, and I think I felt what is supposed to be a burp and almost vomited up my food. So you're welcome for that. Um, I apologize for, for sounding weird 20 seconds ago when I tried to keep that vomit down. Um, but the, the game itself uh, was was pretty all right, you know, nothing nothing special about it, uh, barring the, the one major moment at the end uh, that was just an absolute shocker. Um, prior to the game, we did have a couple of things to cover. Uh, first of all, Brighton and Nova Albion women's football team uh, is on a bit of a run themselves. Um, the women's football team are, well, I say are, they weren't having the greatest time in the world. Uh, in the in the women's super league, um, they had only won two games all season from thirteen games played, uh, and were on nine points uh, going into the last two games. Um, Bristol City are, are miles away down at the bottom with only six points, but Albion weren't too far ahead of them, and it was a little bit worrying. Um, however, uh, especially considering that. On the 30th of January, uh, Bristol City got their only win of the season so far um, against the Albion, where they beat them 3-0. Now, in peak Albion, general, just Brighton being Brighton across all teams, genders, uh, you know, whatever, we uh, we lost to Bristol City uh, January the 30th for their first win of the season, um, and then promptly went to Chelsea, at Chelsea and beat them to hand them their first defeat of the season. Uh, Chelsea have only conceded eight goals in 14 games and we were two of them uh, and we went ahead and and got the win. Um, We then went to West Ham today at the time of recording after the Leicester game. Uh, They went to West Ham or West Ham came to them rather um, and they went ahead and beat them 1-0-2 as well. So Albion are now sitting pretty in in mid-table with 15 points on the board from 15 games. One point per game will keep them safe just like everywhere else, uh, just like that Premier League. Uh, So, so far, so so good for the Albion women's team. Uh, You know, that that gap uh, between them and and the top four, especially the top three now, uh, is just so massive. Um, with Chelsea, Manchester United, and Manchester City, uh, but they're going ahead. They're going ahead and, and stamping down and making sure that they can, you know, get some kind of uh, positioning in that in that league uh, and staying in it. Because you know, if they want to continue uh, going forward, relegation would be an utter disaster for them. So delighted to uh, to see them doing so well uh, in recent games, putting together, like I said, a pretty similar run. Uh, as as the men's team so maybe that kind of uh, just excitement uh, rubs off on on the teams Um, so good to see love it happy days Uh, but onto the game itself uh, the Albion versus Leicester game Uh, 
So the lineup, uh, I was pretty happy with it. Um, it was pretty close to my prediction, actually. Uh, very close. Um, we had Walton in goal. Uh, ben White, Lewis Duncan, Dan Byrne as a back three. Uh, we had Steven Alzate play as a left wing back and uh, Michael Kobovnik on the right. Uh, good stuff. Um, Kobovnik is a natural right-footed player. Alzate is can play both wing-back spots. So I guess that that Graham found that uh, that that right wing-back spot was was somewhere he would prefer to see Kobovnik play. Uh, in the midfield, we had a three of uh, Jakub Moda. Uh, Moda was the name that the commentary went with all night. So now I know that it is Moda. Love it, Lalana. Got his first start since 2020. Um, and Pascal Gross, uh, once again in the midfield. Uh, the poor boy has ran so many miles um, <laughs> in this last <laughs> this last couple of weeks. So fair play to him. Um, and then Andy Zakiri and Percy Tao up front. Love it. Happy with that. Uh, Leicester went with a pretty strong side for the most part. Um, I thought that they were pretty much going all out for, for you know, some good results. Uh only a couple of people um, that weren't playing, you know, that were in and amongst it. Uh, Jamie Vardy got a start. Uh, Wilfred Ndidi got a start, who both were injured for some time. Uh, Iose Perez got a start. Uh, Sion Chu was playing. Tielemans was playing. Uh, Under was playing. You know, there was a lot of plenty, uh, plenty of good players in amongst that, that Leicester uh, starting eleven. Um, and then, of course, you know, you had James Madison, uh, Chowdhury, Fuchs, uh, Ian Acho all coming on uh, for that second half, that last kind of 30 minutes to try and see the game out. Um, and it ended up being one of those players that, you know, struck that death blow. Um, in terms of the game itself, you know, the overall stats, the, there wasn't a huge amount to talk about. Uh, there was the, Leicester had 10 shots in the game, only two on target. Um of those, uh, you know, there wasn't anything too wild about it. Um, the Albion had seven shots, one on target. Um, of those shots, uh, Andy Zakiri uh, had four of them. Um, so he was very active in front of goal today. Uh, he was not messing around. Uh, in terms of possession, uh, Leicester out-possessed us at 54% to 45%. Um, again, nothing really too much in it. Um, pretty standard stuff. Uh, their back line had a lot of the ball um, during that kind of percentage of possession. Uh, when it came to pass, pass, pass success percentage, uh, 85% for Leicester, 84% for the Albion. Again, nothing too wild there. Uh, there was really, you know, pretty just end-to-end -end in terms of... Uh, there was a lot of midfield battles, is the best way to put it. Um, so, pretty standard stuff there. Uh, successful dribbles. Um, Brighton had eight to Leicester's seven. Uh, we did have a dribble success rate of 80%, though. Um, four of those successful dribbles came from our wingbacks, uh, Kobovnik and Alzate, to a piece. Um, and, and they looked very good tonight going down either side. Aerials won, 14 to Leicester, 13 to the Albion. Tackles won, 15 to Leicester, 16 to the Albion. Um, one key note here is four of those tackles for the Albion came from Andy Zakiri again. Very good. Uh, corners, uh, seven for Leicester, three for the Albion. That was really uh, one of the only times where you see a big disparity in the numbers there. Um, and however, of those, you know, those corners, only one of our three 
were considered accurate, so that was not great. Uh, and it was the first one of the day as well. Um, for Leicester, even less great outlook. Only 29% of their seven were accurate. So not exactly the greatest uh, threat from set-piece for either of them, actually. Um, taking a look at the players themselves, uh, let's take a look at their kind of you know performances and rating in general. Uh, Christian Walton, um, I'm going to give a, a, a 7 out of 10. Um, simply because he, he didn't really have a great deal to do. Um, you know, he was uh, pretty, uh, you know, not needed for the majority of the game. Uh, however, he did he did make a good uh, kind of rush. He had very good positioning um, when that ball came in for Iose Perez, uh, where he kind of stopped him right in his tracks. Uh, looks like a, a collision of, of ankle on hand, elbow, wrist, somewhere around there. Uh, Walton had, had hurt his arm, it looked like, quite badly, uh, and then kind of shook it off. Um, Iose Perez was not able to do the same and had to be substituted off. He was he was limping. Uh, looked like an impact kind of injury for sure. Um, I will say Walton did, uh, did not look as confident on the ball as Sanchez. Um, that's something that I, I definitely think he, he needs to work on that side of his game uh, in terms of that, you know, pass distribution, pass accuracy. Uh, but I'm sure he'll get there. Uh, although it is worth noting he's 25 now, um, so he isn't getting any younger. Um, made a good save, uh, made himself big and, and obnoxious for, for under when he came through uh, towards the end as well. Uh, under reminds me, uh, I like him a lot. He, he reminds me of, of Mares when he first came to Leicester. Um, very selfish, uh, but but very good. I think he just needs to uh, to grow a little bit um, and and kind of understand what he's doing in terms of dealing that ball out to, to other people. Um, but he's only 23 as well. Good signing, uh, kind of player Albion would love to have. So yeah, Watton gets a seven out of ten uh, simply because I think he did his job well. You know, um, just he did what he was asked to do. Um, but he did make two good saves, and both of those saves are, are worth a point each, so I'm putting him on to 7 out of 10. Dan Byrne. Dan Byrne gets a 5 out of 10 today, um, and 5, for me, is bang average. So I'm not going to... Um, if people listen to this and be like, that's not right, like, 5 is bad. 5 is not bad on the Together BHA podcast. 5 is what it's meant to be, the average. Dan Byrne. Uh, today, you know, he did an okay job. Uh, he won two aerial battles, which is joint most with anybody else. Um, in terms of attacking, you know, as an attacking outlet, he had one successful dribble. Uh, of those, you know, seven or eight that we had, eight that we had, um, he he was one of those people that had one of those successful uh, dribbles. Uh, total tackles, um, he was second overall uh, alongside Ben White. Uh, Andy Zakiri, as I gave you a little spoiler earlier, led the way there. Uh, clearances, he was third. Uh, and block shots, he was top. So, you know, in terms of the uh, the performance itself, it really wasn't too bad at all. Um, what I will say is that in terms of the impact that Dan Byrne had on the game um, and how safe I felt with Dan Byrne back there, uh, it was not as good as usual. Um, and, and I tell you, I, I truly think that there is something to be said for for the performances Dan Byrne is putting in the Premier League to the performances Dan Byrne is putting in um, in the club. It's bizarre. Uh, I, th- I think he looks a lot less sure of himself um, in in the club. 
And, you know, I think a lot of that is attributed to the players around him, right? Uh, you know, he was playing with a, a left wing back he wasn't used to playing with, a right wing back he wasn't used to playing with. Um, we had substitutions coming off and on at the same time. Ben White went off with 20 minutes to go. Uh, Alzate came off with 20 with 10 minutes to go. Uh, so, you know, I think that, you know, there's a lot to be said for for Dan Byrne as part of that unit um, that we, you know, we're used to seeing now uh, in the Premier League. I, I think it's that comfort and that familiarity and the security in that back line that, that makes him as good as he can be. Um, in the Cup, he doesn't have that, and I think he's exposed quite badly. Uh but that's fine. It is what it is. Um, he was, you know, he had an awful lot of the ball today. Uh, only Lewis Dunk and Pascal Gross had more of the ball than Dan Byrne. So it wasn't the be-all and end-all, although if that goal had gone in uh, that he kind of pissed around with would have been terrible um, and almost scored an own goal as well, so not great. Uh, five out of ten for Dan Byrne. Lewis Dunk gets a six uh, simply because he did not make anything too wild of a mistake. Uh, but... As a captain, um, you know, I, th I think he played pretty well, right? I think he, he went out there, he did a job. Uh, six clearances led the way by a million miles on that. Uh, he had two block shots, second in the overall team. Um, and he did a good job in terms of his, you know, his long passing. He made 13 long passes, 11 of them accurate. More than anybody else in the team by 100 bajillion miles. Like, it's not even close. Uh, he had a 94.1% pass accuracy rate. Again, not even close. Anybody else closer to him? Adam Lalana was the only one who came close with 913 everybody else in the 80s. Lewis Dunk did very well today on the ball and possessing the ball and passing the ball and distributing the ball out. The only reason he's not going to get more than a six is because Lewis Dunk as captain and centre-half in the middle of a back three uh, is the man I would consider responsible for organising a back line. And when you are allowing yourself to be uh, embarrassed uh, by a corner in the last seconds of the game, uh, when you have... 10 of your 11 men in the box and you are beaten by the one man in the box from Leicester. We were 10v1 and we lost that battle. That's on Lewis Dunk as much as it's on anybody else. Because as captain, you're the one who's supposed to be rallying those troops and getting them ready. Regardless of it's quick or not, he should be immediately drilling down on that. And he failed. So... Six out of ten for Lewis today. Uh, I think he, you know, for all the good he did, I was very disappointed to to see him not step up and take that role. He was very quiet, very upset after the fact, but, I mean, so he should be. Um, ben White. Ben White was uh, pretty much just there as well. He gets a five out of ten for me as well. Uh, one successful dribble. Um, one of those eight that was in the in the list uh, for successful dribbles. Um, two successful tackles. Uh, joint second with Dan Byrne. Uh, made an interception, uh, which was one of only five people who made one. Uh, two midfielders were above him on that, and we'll get to them shortly. Four clearances, uh, only behind Lewis Dunk. Um, you know, overall, I, I kind of just thought he was he was there as well and he did his job and, and did it well. Um, in terms of his passing, it wasn't quite so good uh, as Lewis Dunks, but, you know, I thought he, he worked well alongside Karbovnik, um, and, and I was very happy with the, the seemingly quick uh, chemistry they, they seemed to get on the pitch. In terms of Karbovnik, uh, I thought he was very good, actually. Uh, he started, to me, very, very slow. 
Um, but as the game went on, he he went on. Um, he had a lot of touches of the ball in the end, 55 touches of the ball, uh, very much in and amongst it. He, he wasn't anonymous. He was pretty much right in the middle of that entire 11 um, in terms of, you know, involvement, touches on the ball. Uh, he did have two key passes, which was joint most in the team. Uh, so he was up there around and about the area creating passes uh, he had two successful dribbles joint most in the team uh, he did win a foul uh, which was one of the only people to do so there weren't a huge amount of them to do that today um, and also you know did a decent job defensively uh, he he pretty much kept them quiet on that side uh, and never once did I think that we were in in major trouble uh, down that kind of a, down that right wing back level area so uh, Kobovnik, yeah, I'm going to give him a 6 out of 10. I can't remember if I already said 6 or not. But I'm going to give him a 6 uh, because I think he did pretty well um, and, and came in and, and did a decent job. In fact, no, I'm going to give him a 7 because it was his debut and I think that was very good. He was very assured. Steven Azate playing left wing back. Not bad at all. One key pass, 88.2% pass accuracy. Very good. Uh, he even won an aerial battle. Fair play to him. Um... Two successful dribbles, joint most alongside Karbovnik. Uh, also won a foul alongside Karbovnik. Um, and was a little bit more active on the defensive level. Uh, two successful tackles. Uh, was actually kind of in and around it a little bit more. Um, but in terms of uh, an attacking outlet, didn't provide as much uh, as Karbovnik. Um, and was really, you know, put under the cosh by, uh, by under an awful lot. Um, and him and him and Byrne really struggled to, to deal with him in that second half, especially. Pascal Gross. Uh, Pascal Gross is going to get a 6 out of 10 as well, um, simply because uh, he was the man with the plan for the most part. 77 touches of the ball. Only Lewis Dunk had more. 85% uh, pass accuracy. Uh, the majority of those passes were forward or sideways, so not much playing backwards. Uh, one successful dribble, which is wonderful for, for Pascal Gross to get under his belt. Uh, won three free kicks, which is more than anybody else in the team, uh, which is very good. One tackle, one interception, um, good stuff in general. Uh, six long balls, two of them were accurate. One accurate cross, which is joint first with uh, Dampern and, and uh, Moda. Um, and, and generally attempted to get the ball in the box more than anybody else. Uh, I was I was happy with Pascal Gross today. Uh, six out of ten. Uh, he went out there. He did a job. He's been ran into the mud. Um, I feel like he really needs a, a rest. Uh, but he did not get it. He played the full 90 minutes. Uh, alongside him was Polish international and debutante Jakub Moda. Uh, played pretty well, I thought. Again, similar to Kobovnik, uh, I thought he started slow, but came into it, uh, came into his own, came into his game. Uh, he's a big fella, uh, bigger than I thought he was, quite tall. Um, one shot, two key passes to his name, joint first with Kobovnik. So the the two poles were were really in and around the, the influences there as well. Uh, 62 touches of the ball, again, definitely wasn't shy, uh, had plenty of the ball. Successful dribble to his name, just like most of the rest of them. Uh, defensively, he, he was very much in and around it, uh, more so than, than Gross or Lalana. Uh, two tackles, two interceptions, and three clearances. Um, I thought he did very well. 
I thought he really stood out uh, in that midfield as the game went on, um, as a very confident-looking player. Uh, he gets a six out of ten um, for his for his debut uh, and his defensive effort. In fact, no, I'm going to give him a seven as well. Him and Kobovnik can take sevens each. Very good, love it, love to see it. Uh, Adam Lalana, very happy to see him back. I really am. Two shots, none of them on target. In fact, they were really awful. Uh, 91% pass accuracy, though, which is good. Same amount of touches of the ball as, as Moda, uh, but was definitely more forward-facing uh, a lot of the time. Um, wooden two fouls, uh, second most in the team uh, behind Pascal Gross. Uh, Again, not as active as Moda, but plenty active defensively as well. Two tackles, two interceptions, uh, zero clearances, but that's fine as whatever. Um, and and was pretty uh, economical in his in his passing and distribution. Like I said, ninety one percent pass accuracy is superb at any level. Um, three long balls, two of those were accurate. Uh, I thought Lalana did well today. Glad to see him survive seventy eight minutes and, and come off. Uh, at 32, you know, he's still clearly got something to offer. He's very good when he plays. I just, I wish we could keep him fit for a bit longer. Um, we may well see him play this weekend, uh, and Pascal Gross may get a rest. We'll see. Um, but he gets a 6 out of 10 as well, uh, just because I was happy to see him in there and, and last the 78 minutes and, and was pretty, you know, made an effort to be pretty influential all the way through. Percy Tao. The Twitter sphere is hating on the poor man. I thought he was all right today. He reminds me, currently, very much of of early Trossard with the Albion. Um, he clearly isn't physically quite there yet. He's not quite strong enough. Um, you know, just look at Alexis McAllister. Uh, in fact, let me just cut to that real quick. Alexis McAllister, Bissouma, and Veltman all get five out of ten each. They came on and were fine. Um, whatever. No big deal. Um, your Veltman's lucky to actually only get a five. He may may have got a four um, from that piss poor defending at the end. Uh, but Percy Tao, I think he's getting a little bit too much hatred. You know, like he reminds me of an early Trossard. Um, I think he's you know he's he's working hard up top. Uh, he had a key pass today. He had an aerial battle one today. Plenty of touches. Um, you know, I, I I definitely can see why there's room for for improvement, and there definitely is. Um, but I, I, I'm not overly concerned with the, uh, the you know, the, the play he's putting in. He clearly has uh, plenty of speed on his side, plenty of confidence on his side. Um, you know, he was maybe half an inch away from, from scoring a goal today uh, from that great cross that came in. Um, and, you know, I, I just think we're being a bit harsh on him. He's He's been in the Premier League for a month. Um, you know, we... We we haven't played him a huge amount of times, and you know we were we were happy to give Alexis McAllister a year to acclimatize. Why why would we not allow Percy the same the same allowance? You know, um, I think he's you know going to bulk up a little bit. Uh, I think he's going to probably work on his strength and condition a fair bit. Um, but I, I you know I didn't see anything that concerned me today that that makes me think he's not going to make it here. Um, and, and that seems to be the consensus on social media. So I disagree with it. Um, I'm giving him a 5 out of 10 just because he kind of was there and, and was fine. Um, but I, I certainly wouldn't rate him any lower than that. Uh, I, I, I think that was a little harsh. Um, 
keep the faith in Percy, man. Like I just think it's too early to write off a player. Um, it's it's kind of baffling to me that, that Albion fans sometimes are so willing to write off a player uh, that's just walked through the door and is obviously, you know, so eager to play games. Um, Andy Zakiri uh, is the one that's going to get 7.5 out of 10. Not 8, because that's a bit excessive. Uh, he was my man of the match today. Uh, I, I thought he did a lot of good running. Uh, he caused them a lot of problems. He had four shots, one on target today. Uh, one on aerial um, was generally just an absolute pain in their ass. Uh, was offside five times, um, so he's obviously learned all the bad habits from Glenn Murray. Um, but in general, I, I thought he caused an awful lot of problems uh, for Leicester today. He was an absolute pain in their side, um, and that's the kind of player that we need. Um, again, he's somebody I think is probably going to uh, be working on that strength and conditioning a fair bit. Um, and I think that, you know, when he does, I think we may have a proper Ashley Barnes type player on our hands again. Um I'm a, I'm a fan of him. I like him. I, I think he, what he makes up for, uh, you know, what he what he lacks in in outright pace or, or you know that that ability to not be on side for crying out loud. He he makes up for in in running, uh, in being a nuisance, um, in being very very willing to take a shot. <laughs> um, you know, I was very happy with his performance today. I thought he played really well. Um, for what he was asked to do, I think he did it wonderfully. Uh, was happy to run down the channels, was happy to run through the middle. Um, what, pff, beautiful finish. He didn't know he was offside. Uh, was an absolute, and neither did, neither did the keeper. Um, it was a stunning finish um, in that one-on-one. And, you know, I, I don't have a great deal of complaints about him. I thought he was probably our man on the match today. Coming up, Aston Villa at the weekend. Big one, massive one. Would be nice to take three points, wouldn't it? Uh, but Villa, with the form they're in, I'd probably also take a point. Um, they are, you know, obviously one of the one of the better sides in the division currently. Uh, top of the top half of the table. Um, you know, they they cruised past Arsenal in the last game. Um, you know, it, it was ridiculous uh, just how poor Arsenal are at times, really. Um, but. You know, there's there's also plenty of uh, plenty of opportunity to get some points there. They're not the world's best team, you know what I mean. So, plenty of time. Uh, they are very good away from home. Uh, played eleven, won six, drawn one, lost four. Um, you know, they're they're a team that is not too bad away from home. Top seven, in fact, away from home. Uh, and the Albion, you know, as you know, are seventeenth at home. Um, so. If there is a time uh, for the Albion to turn this home form around, uh, it is now. Um, you know, we've we've got that two draws and a win back-to-back now with that draw at Wolves being 3-3, draw at Fulham being 0-0, and then that win against Tottenham. Uh, it'd be real nice to put another three points on the board, uh, catch up with the rest of the table with that home form. Um, and, you know, if we were to, to win this weekend, you know, we're sitting on 28 points and we're well in and amongst that group ahead of us. Uh, that You know, the, the Leeds, the Arsenal, the Southampton, the Palace, the Wolves, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at them more than we're looking at uh, Fulham on 15 and West Brom on 12. Uh, so I will speak this weekend with another guest, of course. Uh, weekends are generally ones I'm trying to get guests on for. Um, so I will speak then. Uh, be safe, enjoy yourself, and uh, yeah, have fun.